Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a vacation edition of the woke bros i'm your co-host big Waz, joined as always by my man uh nando vila nando was popping man how much man i was on vacation now you're on vacation it's hey man this is the summertime summer. yeah, this is what we easy. do but we are dedicated to the woke bros listeners so we are here today and it we happen to be recording on the anniversary of the tragic passing of our brother our partner Michael Brooks, the co-founder of this damn podcast. You know, um, we started this thing together. He brought you on. He was like, yo, let's make Nando a permanent fixture of what we're doing in here. I was like, hell fucking yeah. Uh, Since then, me and Nando have basically grown to become blood brothers, like literally. And, um, you know, we're keeping this thing going. But I wanted to use today just as an opportunity to reminisce on Mike. And just his life, our friendship with him, the shit that this guy accomplished and was about, like, you know, it's just crazy to think that it's been two years already. Like, man, like, to just think about July of 2020, we were, like, still peak pandemic, you know, um, just a different world, it felt like, in those days, man. Um, but yeah, man, just, uh, I don't know, talk to the people about, I don't even know where to start, like just your feelings today. I mean, I know, man. I, 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 I was just thinking, I've been thinking about him since yesterday. I've just been thinking about him a lot. And uh, I actually, today I, I had a couple long drives for work, you know, to go to meetings and stuff. Uh, and I, um, and I just threw on um, his intervention at Lafayette College, which I feel like, mm-hmm was toward the end of his life 
And I feel like it's like the most perfect distillation education yeah. in in what it means to be on the left, what the left should be, you know. Um he was just at the top of his game, you know. He was at the absolute top of his game talking to those college kids. Uh you know, they didn't really know who he was. He wasn't talking to like a bought in audience. That was, which is interesting. Like it wasn't like one of his live shows or he wasn't talking to like his regulars, you know, he was just talking to a bunch of normal ass college kids. Um, and man, I, I challenge anyone to like watch that and just be like, no, this, I don't agree with this. You know what I mean? This is, yeah. this is uh, you know, he had this man, like, let's be honest. Well, I was like, most really, really, really smart people and intellectual people who like read a ton of books and like complicated books. And I'm not talking about like fucking, you know, yeah, um, you know, he was like engaging with like Foucault and fucking Gramsci and whatever. You know what I mean? Like he knew all of that shit, all of it, you know, um, Marx, you know, like he knew all he'd read capital like he fucking, you know, he knew all of that shit. Most of those people are not very cool. And yes. I had fucking swag for days, man. Um, he was so confident in his um, in his arguments and in his sense of humor. Um, and that's just rare. It's just rare because he could combine that kind of high low culture in a way that I don't know of any. I don't know anyone that can. You know, we you know, like I think me and you are more on the spectrum of the. We're just kind of normal guys who are in like on yeah. The we're line. fucking court jesters. Yeah, right? we uh, want to tell some jokes, get some information to the people, have a good laugh about it. I have not read a single page of Foucault, and the audience knows this. And guess what? Because <laughs> like you, Nando, I think we share this in common. We're like audio fanatics, so we listen to a shit ton of podcasts. And oftentimes, like, these really smart-ass people come on and they just cannot effectively communicate. They cannot yeah. engage an audience. They cannot hold your attention. They cannot entertain you while teaching you something about the world and how we should try to affect it. And yeah. Mike was just exceptional at that. Like, that was his gift, that he could distill this stuff in such a way um, that was important. And I think, man, you know, cause like I'm somebody who has had my politics deeply affected by Mike. Like I'm one of those people. I'm one of the converts. And I, you know, I think we get kind of dangerous when we deify Mike and make him into like some fucking superhuman person. He wasn't like the guy was about as human as anybody you've yeah. ever known, had as many flaws and yeah. demons and all this shit as anybody you know. He wasn't some perfect fucking guy. But I can tell you for a fact, he I'm a convert, okay? Yeah. Like, I definitely had normie, fucking, lib, fucking, you know, the black shit, you know, <laughs> educated Negro, whatever, blah. The white man is... You know, the, the wrong man and, and all of this. And, you know, Jim Crow is still kicking my ass and whatever. All of that shit, right? Like, I was definitely that person. Just your run-of-the-mill lib. But, like, and Mike wouldn't even, like, I don't even want to say he would, like, challenge my politics. You know what I'm saying? He would just be like, look, this is where I'm at with this. And here's yeah. why. 
And I'd be it's like, no, nah, I don't know, right? And then slowly but surely, it would like reveal itself. I remember being like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Elizabeth Warren is the worst thing that's ever happened to the fucking Democrats. And he went, yo, this dude went. It was one of our best episodes. On, honestly, he fucking hated He it. went absolutely fucking ape shit, right? And I was just like, man, Mike really hates this chick. And then, like, you know, it it came, but like as time went on. He was right. And, yeah. and not just sometimes you end up being right for the wrong reasons, right? Like you didn't even have it. No, Mike had it. He had it. He understood why this woman was problematic, what she, why what she was doing was toxic and poisonous, and why she had to go, you know? Um, and that's what my favorite thing about him was. Like we were really close and I had these whack-ass normie politics. But like, bro, like it, it, he had no problem communicating what yeah. the left argument was and you know that's yeah. what made him a genius man he uh in the lafayette thing he said something uh, like he was making fun of someone and then he's like i shouldn't be so mean you know like i don't i don't you know he's like <laughs> I, you know he's like i try to love everyone he's like i love that you know he goes i goes, i love everyone i don't like everyone but i love everyone <laughs> you know what I mean? and like i mean when you were talking about like how he was flawed like if he didn't like someone man he fucking oh it was, it he was, was like it was over. he could be vicious yeah, yeah 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 and yeah man it's just um i you know i i you know my relationship with him i mean i wasn't like i mean i was already me and him had once when we met, we had like the exact same politics and um, <laughs> like pretty much like there was no daylight between our, our, our political opinions almost ever. You know what I mean? I don't think we ever disagreed on anything, you know, even um, a little bit. Um, and I, you know, my friend was texting me, a friend uh, who we both knew him was texting me yesterday. He's like, man, I wonder what Mike would think about all this. And I think like a lot of people wonder that just because he was so good at, he was so good at correctly analyzing the current moment without falling into despair. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, I, and that's something that I struggle with right now, but like there is no, I see no way out right now. And he would have, and I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that's what I'm missing. That's what, that's kind of what I'm missing is that he would always see what the path was even in the bleakest moments. Um, like right now, I can correctly analyze the current situation, I think. Um, but what I can't do is imagine the the way out, you know, and that was always what he had the sort of ability to think that thing, think that through without, you know, falling into, you know, fantasy land, but 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 seeing kind of a direct way out. Um, and, you know, it is it is a pretty bleak right now in in the United States. There is. You know, we have a Democrat in the White House who is just fucking, you know, like <laughs> in front of our eyes. And like, you know, obviously there's like this furious uh, right wing reactionary element and the libs are doing literally nothing to, to stop them. And um, but then I think about like, you know, what he would be thinking about the current situation, for example, in Latin America, in which the left is winning everywhere. He'd you know, be really excited about that. Colombia, Colombia yeah. and um, uh, Bolivia, uh, all yeah. that. Yeah. And then, then, and then the big one, the Brazil election coming up, and you know how he felt about that. Um, and so, and then he would probably find a way to synthesize that and feel like that's where we have the beacon of hope or something. And I'm like, shit, yeah, I, that that is good. That is pretty cool, you know. Um, 
so yeah, man, I don't know. It's just, I, I just, uh, these past couple of days, I just missed him so much. And I, you know, I really encourage everyone to listen, just search Michael Brooks Lafayette and just watch the full thing. I mean, you could go to sleep to that shit. Like, it's like, it is like a wonderful little soothing blanket of coherence, of sense of humor, of interesting points, you know, that he's making that I'm like, shit. You know, that's fucking interesting. Um, and you can see that all the college kids were just eating out of the palm of his hand. Yeah, man. Um, Sam Cedar, who it was on his show that I discovered, Mike. Um, and I love telling this story because I actually work for Bill Simmons now. And indirectly, Bill Simmons turned me into a commie. Um, yeah. If you guys could stay with me for a moment. Um <laughs> I was working at a bank, um, super desk job, meaning like you had a task every day. You were expected to complete a certain percentage of that task on a daily basis. And that's what you went in and did every single day. And this would have been like 2012-ish, 2011, 2012. Um, And that's right when Simmons got Grantland at ESPN and he hires all of these fucking incredible writers. And one of the writers was Charlie Pierce from Esquire. Um, mm. And I would read Charlie Pierce and like this dude, whatever, you can feel how you want to feel about his policies. He's just your general liberal, progressive, whatever type of cat from yeah. Massachusetts. But this motherfucker could write. And he was fucking hilarious. And then at the bottom of his, you know, his byline, it was like, yeah, he also writes in Esquire. He does like politics for them. I was like, all right, I fuck with his sports shit. He makes me laugh. Let me check out his his um his politics shit. And this is around Obama's second election, the re-election campaign, which like, you know, was insane. You know, probably I feel like more insane than the McCain shit was. Um and so I was reading uh, Chuck Pierce all the time. And Chuck Pierce is like, yo, y'all need to be watching this show called Up With Chris Hayes on MSNBC. It's mm-hmm. a show that they do on the weekends in the morning, which means it's a throwaway slot. However, this dude doesn't just have the run-of-the-mill beltway cocksuckers on the show. He has normal people who have, like, union fucking leaders. He'll have, like, Regular yep. people on MSNBC's fucking airwaves, right? Which is just like revolutionary for cable TV. So I start watching Chris Hayes. I'm fucking with the show. Sam Cedar comes on the show. He's like this hair on fire lefty guy for MSNBC anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Again, remember, I'm just normie, regular lib. I'm like, oh, I fuck with this guy. Let me watch his YouTube show. Start watching his YouTube show. That's how I got introduced to Mike. You know, watch one of the shows where Mike got, like, Sam was off and Mike did it by himself. And he fucking, you know, he was just, he just blew me away. And I hit him up to, 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 to compliment his work. And, you know, through that interaction, we start DMing. We meet up for beers and develop a friendship, man. You know, yeah. a, a four-year friendship, basically, um, yeah. which is just crazy to think. And, like, Mike introduced me to Nando, to Anna, to Bessner, to um, Matt Leck, who's still my man. Like, so many people 
in this lefty space, man. It's just crazy. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hello, listener. I'm sure you don't need me to tell you that we at Cinephobe love our pets. Zach and Boogie are inseparable. I've got two cats and a dog. And Amin is giving his best ass on performance to convince dog owners that he loves their pet. Hey, Noodle. Hey, boy. How you doing? And Noodle's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Which is why today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. For many pet parents, summer is all about making travel plans like adventuring through the national parks, visiting pet-friendly beaches, or road tripping across the country. Wherever your journeys take you and your furry friend, you can help protect them along the way with the plan from ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim, and you'll receive reimbursement for your eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash dings, D-I-N-G-S. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash dings. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash dings. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I just can't believe he's gone, you know? Um, I remember the, that phone call, you, you're the one who called me on that day. And I, I've never, never, like, you know, I've had, I've had, I've had people, die suddenly like I, a friend of mine died of a, of a drug overdose um but i kind of knew that she was in trouble you know what i mean mm. um the mic thing was just out of nowhere you know what i mean it was like 
it wasn't, you know, he'd be like, oh yeah, I'm feeling tired lately. I just thought he was just stressed. And, you know, the Bernie, it was like right after Bernie got like killed and he was like really, really, really affected that because he was super invested. Like he was a soldier in the Bernie Sanders campaign. You know yeah, what I facts. mean? Um, and, uh, and then you called me and you're like, dude, Mike, he's, he's, he's gone. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what? It's, I just, I can't, like, I remember it so fucking vividly. I remember I just sat down on the couch and I was like, I don't understand. Like, what are you talking about? Um, and yeah, man, um, I just, I just really, I just missed him so much. I just, I, 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 I'm grateful for all the people in, in, in my life that he's, that he connected me to like you, man, like I did like, and I'm honored to be involved in things that he created like this show, man. Like I, you know, I remember I was, I was fucking thrilled when he asked me to do this, you know? Um, I was like, this is fucking great. This is like my kind of show, you know, like just a fun, <laughs> loose fucking No, thing. man, but he, uh, he understood the ethos, man. And, you know, and, and I think that was the, it was part of Mike. It, it was uh, the many forms that he could take. Like, I feel like I have different interests, but like, I'm pretty one note. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have my 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 note and and that's basically it and you know Mike like you said man could get, could give it to the best of the fucking scholars and you know pointy heads in academia but he was also just a fucking down to earth bro like he was just a yeah. fucking dude man um yeah. which 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 is important and it's rare dude it's so freaking rare and you talk about the lafayette college um and i think you're somebody who helped me with this too it's just like the the grace with which he handled that that snarky ass jewish girl's question about you know israel and palestine and all of that and like just the grace bro like to give people who individuals who aren't fucking Bibi Netanyahu or Mitch McConnell or fucking Nancy Pelosi, individuals, giving them grace, even if they might have politics that we find to be fucked up and stupid. You know, um, like the grace that this guy could demonstrate towards those folks, it's something that I carry with me to this day. And so I feel like it's something I'm always going to carry because um, I think it's important part of the process and the project, man. Yeah. No, and... I mean, he did it with grace, but he also did it with, like, swag, you know, and confidence. Like, I mean, I always think, like, if we had a champion, like, if we had to, you know, in some sort of theoretical battle, you know, like uh, Achilles versus Hector uh, in Troy or whatever. Um, like, if we had, if there was, like, a battle between, like, the left and, like, the libs and the and the right, like, if we had a champion, like, to, to, to go up against them, like, and, and, and um you know and win people over with like just arguments it would have been him easily like by far like the, who else like no no one yeah. like you know some people are like aren't gracious enough to 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 you know not come off as like completely moralizing or dismissive mm -hmm. you know he could he he understood when he had to be a little bit more accommodating you know in certain yep. ways um and and he was just so committed to uh the 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 principles which we all believe but his commitment was like in his bones and 
um and that came across so obviously and it was just yeah i mean he was just fucking he was just fucking great at it and you know like i i you know if you had to like tell me like oh you have to go up against sam harris tomorrow you know oh with no problem come on these manosphere like, guys come on yeah i'd be like come fuck. on or these like, guys had nothing like for michael brooks <laughs> yeah even like you know maddie glacier whatever you know like it, whatever you know what i mean like no preparation you know you just have to go on like on the strength of your uh, of your memory and your arguments, I'd be like, "Shit, man, I, I'm fucking terrified." Yeah, yeah. I'd I, like, oh yeah, I'd get my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You know, I would absolutely get, get my yeah. ass kicked. Yeah, man. Um, and I think you know, and we can end on this. It's like because people like will want to know, like, well, what is what is the left project and what it's about? And again, like Mike just put it to me simply, man. He's just like, yo. Like, there's just basic shit that people need. The people at the top are hoarding all the fucking resources. They're not going to fucking hand it over because we browbeat them to death and moralize them to death and make them feel like bad people. They don't give a shit about us. We're only going to get this done via unity, organizing, sticking together. Um, And the way to do that is to find common ground and find common cause with people. Period. At all costs, right? Um, and and again, you know, I, I just remember. I remember. T- I remember after George Floyd going on to talk about him about NYPD and my like upbringing in New York, and I'm like, look, man, like I grew up in a good enough neighborhood that the cops could kind of take it easy on us. They had an understanding that we were basically like middle class kids. Basically, you know, most of the people in our neighborhoods own their fucking house, like. You know, we were fine. They didn't do fucked up shit to us. Too fucked up. But, like, they would still fuck with us. And they let us know who the bosses were and all of that. And, you know, and I was like, you know, the thing about police, man, I was talking about my roommates in Penn State who was from from, from rural Pennsylvania. And they hated the cops more than me. They were white. (laughs) You know? And Mike was like, you know what? That's a good point. I wish people would do a better job of incorporating that. Yeah. You know, like of explaining, like, you know, like poor white people are getting fucking abused by the cops every day. And yeah. that was like a eureka moment for me, to be honest. I was like, man, that is something that needs to be said more often about how the police operate and why they do the things they do. But he just instinctively, you heard me say that? And he was like, Damn, man, like, yeah, we need to incorporate that shit more into the message. Yeah. How much poor whites hate the fucking police? I mean, in 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 um in the Lafayette video, I mean, again, I encourage everyone to watch it because he he explains, for example, the difference between um a left-wing interpretation of racism and white supremacy and the sort of more liberal interpretation of racism and white supremacy. Um and what he explains in that, which is 100% true, uh, and this is true of any phenomenon in in a society, is that some a, a societal phenomenon like racism or culture or anything else is intimately tied to that society's mode of production, right? This is Marx's central lesson, <laughs> is that the mode of production determines the society's culture and you know, religion and whatever. And that 
if the mode of production was removed was was changed then all that stuff would change right mm. um so clearly like the, the 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 reality of racism and white supremacy in this country like the way to solve it or the way to end it is to is to alter the mode of production to 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 reflect a more egalitarian society right um the liberal understanding it is just people it's just like a moral thing you know what i mean and, and that it's like <laughs> in america's dna from its founding or whatever um and that when something is in your dna you can't change that shit, you know so the liberal view of racism is inherently pessimistic and that they believe it's unchangeable that it's just a a, a fact of life in america right you know um as if again, it doesn't as if <laughs> the financial conditions flow out of racism and not the opposite. Right. <laughs> racism flows out of the racism economic Racism is the structure. first thing, and then therefore we're going to do, yeah. do Jim no, Crow and we're going to do all other, this stuff. You no, know, it's yeah. the other, the other way around. First. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, man, that's just perfectly said. And, you know, I miss the guy all the time. Um, I feel blessed to have had a friendship with him. Um, you know, the gifts that this guy left me on earth in the forms of you and Anna and DB and people who I know I will call my lifelong friends. Um, I'm forever grateful. And, you know, the, the project continues, man. Left is best. Yeah. <laughs> Straight right, up baby. and down. Left There's no best. other way to fucking put this shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, man. So that's our show for today. We'll see you guys next week. I will be back in LA next week oh, yeah. in my normal situation. Um, we'll have a, a regular show. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for supporting everybody for the well wishes today. A lot of people in my DMs and my ats and all of that shit showing me all kinds of love, man. Um, appreciate all of you guys for real, sincerely. Um, yeah, man. Peace out. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>